We honor you today, Lord, for your wonderful grace and your goodness. And we thank you for prayer. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to come into your very presence. Hmm. Where at one time only the priest could come and, and make petition on behalf of himself and the people. Now we have direct access. My God, may we take full advantage of this incredible opportunity, this act of grace, the privilege of grace and mercy. We love you for who you are, and we pray that you will continue to expand this ministry, that you will be exalted, blessed, praised, honored. We thank you for all that you're doing. We give glory and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turning your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. I'll be reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. You may have seen the topic when we came up, but I'll give that to you at the end of the reading. And this is what it says. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts and through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. As a title for this message, it is, Prayer Must Go Beyond the Surface. And reach the inner man. Prayer must go beyond the surface and reach the inner man. Not no inner they, inner them, inner he, she, the inner man. We need to understand that prayer is vital. To the church and to you personally. Why do you pray? What is your purpose when you ask for prayer? Or what's your purpose even when you pray? When you do not pray, what's your reason for not praying? If your prayer life does not affect your walking life, then there is a disconnect in your overall being. Your prayer life should affect how you live and what you think about. When you pray or ask for prayer, how does it impact your life? 
Prayer must go beyond the surface and reach the inner man. Point one, I'm only dealing with one point and several things under this, and it is picking up where I left off. Picking up where I left off. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul picks up where he left off at chapter 3, verse 1. Between verses 2 and 13, Paul took a diversion and talked about some things. It was as if he was praying, and then he paused to interject the things that we have been mentioning. But then in verse 14, he goes back and picks up the prayer again, this intercessory prayer. For this reason, he says, it actually goes even back to the end of chapter 2. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father. For this reason, for this reason, I bow my knees. Standing was often a regular um, posture or position for prayer. You would see Solomon when he is asking for, for prayer and praying to God actually in the temple. He's, he's standing. In the Old Testament, you will find other passages standing when the Pharisee and the sinner were in the temple. And the sinner would not even look up. They were standing. But then we also notice that kneeling was also a posture for prayer. The Bible does not address the position that one has to be in when they pray. But when one kneels, it oftentimes reflects the fact that you are acknowledging the authority of the Almighty God. You are bowing in submission to his will. It was an act of reverence, an act of respect. Paul didn't bow to any false gods. He became a believer. He wasn't bowing his knee. He, in fact, spoke against false gods when he went to Athens. You've got to be very careful what you bow to. You've got to be careful bowing to your own feelings, your own selfish ways. You've got to be, be careful of bowing when you get upset and you bow to your anger. You've got to be very careful that when you bow, you're not bowing to anything that compromises your walk with the Lord. Paul was careful not to bow to false gods, but took a stand against that which was wrong. Paul bowed when he called the Ephesian leaders when he was going to head to Jerusalem and he was about to go there. He called them from the place where they were and they prayed on the beach and the Bible says they knelt in prayer. There should be no one that takes the position of God. You can bow and, 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 and sometimes one takes a bow and gets on their knee as an act of service. But one needs to be very careful what you bow to. Paul was willing to bow his knee to the Father. I bow my knee. He does it for the Gentiles. For those that he has been given the word to. Those that he has been praying for. Those who he has been talking about the grace and the power and the mercy of God. He says, I bow my knee. And Paul was a prisoner. 
Some people can't bow when they're in distress. They can't bow for another person. They say, oh, I got to bow to my own desire because I'm in such turmoil. But oh, when one begins to understand the fact of how great God is, one will bow to him. One will give him honor because God is not, there's nothing impossible for him to do. You, you would just bow to God just because of who he is. The Psalms that says just because of who you are. And Paul goes on to mention the term father. Bow my knee to the father. Uh, father was a term of respect and it recognized the authority of the person. It, it, it speaks of an intimate relationship. Our Father, which art in heaven. Jesus related the term Father to God when he was in a dialogue, an argument with the leaders in the book of St. John, chapter 8. says, I know my Father. And he says, our Father, they said, is Abraham's. Jesus finally said, no, your father is the devil. Now that's, that's, that is something. Now, now, when Jesus says that your father talking to them is the devil, that is a big thing. Your, your allegiance, where you get your inspiration is from the devil. You got to be very careful. Who you consider to be your father. Paul says, I bow to the father. I bow my knee in reverence and respect to the father, not to false gods. You got to get this. Paul in verse 8 was talking about the fact that he was least of all the saints. The very fact that what he was doing, destroying the church, he was killing. He says, of all the saints, I am the very least. And yet here he is saying, but yet I can come to the Father on your behalf and bow my knee to him. Paul is involved in an intercessory petitionary prayer on behalf of the Gentiles. Paul is not talking about make me feel good prayers. Pray so that I can feel good, Pastor. I need to feel good. Well, my prayers aren't always that you feel good. I don't tell everybody my prayers for you in private. Lord, push, disturb, wake up, shake. Lord, help them to see what you're doing. Prayer at times has to go beyond what the person even says to what the need is. Prayer is good. You see, the word when he talks about father, he was saying they had a common father who made them. Everyone does not have the father as they are living for him. But the fact of the matter is when Paul says the father of us all in heaven and the father on earth, he is speaking of the fact of we have one God who created us. One Father who created us. And in that sense, we are a family. There is a play on words that Paul has with family and father. The word in the Greek, uh, patria, means 
family. It means a family, a clan, ancestor. And it is a play on the word pater, father. Every family or group comes from the creator. Although they may not be worshiping him as the creator. God created all things and as a result, there is a common father that we have in the origin and the fact that he made us. Let me make one thing very, very clear. I don't care how much people may try to deny God. It doesn't take away from his power. God is God and there is no one besides him and no one that can do what he does. Paul is speaking about the, the wealth and the grace that they had in Christ. He's not talking about a prayer, you pat me on the back to make me feel better. He's talking about this deep prayer that needs to affect how you live. This God of creation, he, he exercises dominion over everything. And this is who Paul is going to. Father, term of respect, intimacy. He, was, he had an intimate relationship with his father. I can call you father. When we consider the fact that God is our great father, and then he opened the way that you could get to him, he, he, he removed the curtain, the barrier, so that you could come to him directly, no longer having to go to the priest. Then we want to come and ask God for surface prayers, surface things. When God says you can go deep, the God that will create in you and go deep in your inner man. Verse 16, the inner being was considered and is. He's speaking about the seat of your personal consciousness, your moral being, your moral fiber, what makes you up, your will, intellect, emotions. Paul is praying that God would go deep. He's not talking about salvation because he's already said the Gentiles were already saints with the Jews. He is talking about a prayer that affects you from your very core. It changes what you do. It changes how you live. Hmm. The incredible privilege of tapping into the immeasurable riches of his glory. She calls us to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Not a prayer of salvation, but a prayer that one will be able to understand how deep God is. You see, when we pray, we often are praying for very specific things, and that's good. But Paul is praying that they would be able to understand and get this, this understanding of the immeasurableness of God. How deep he is to their very core. And what immeasurableness? God's love, his grace for us. This is what Paul is praying. That the prayer would go deep and cut through to the very core of the being. Too many Christians want to live on the surface just want to skim like you're skiing. Put me on some skis and so I can just skim across the water. You need to go deep. No skimming here. Let me just get a piece of the word of God today. Open the Bible and 
here. Christ in 
then it says it in verse 19a. There's various things that they say 18 may mean, but they, didn't have, they don't have a clear understanding or knowledge of exactly what 18 says. But they believe it deals more so with the love of God as it has been kind of the theme and picks up in 19. Four areas that Paul addresses. I'm not going to go through all of those, but you look through 16 through 19, you'll see the areas that Paul covers. When God is trusted, it allows another to open up to the experience, to be open to the experience and a new dimension of God. When God is trusted, when you pray and trust God, it allows you to be able to be opened up and to experience a newness in God. Why? Because God has no limits. He is infinite. So when you experience a level of God that you have not known before, God is just allowing you to experience another part of himself. You see, the, the fact of the matter, when people say, I get tired of God, I get tired. No, it's just because you have grown weary and weak and have walked away. God has no limits. Prayer allows you to go past the surface and into the deep things of God. Why do you think prayer is so hard? Prayer is work. Prayer is just not this, this make me feel good. The enemy does not want you praying. He'll bring distractions to you and do everything to keep you from praying. Have your mind just wandering. And you've got to take 15 minutes just to get it back to focus. Prayer is not easy. It requires work. And the more you begin to press into the Lord, at times the harder it gets because the battle intensifies. Paul wants these people to understand that God wants to do such a deep work in their life. That it covers, it covers every dimension through and through. It saturates your inner being to be able to gain an understanding of the love of God. The love of God that is immeasurable. This is what Paul is even appears to be praying for. I want you to be able to experience the immeasurable love of God. I am praying that God will give you an expansion to understand his love. How deeply his immeasurable grace Paul has prayed for. When a person says, I love you, you say, you don't love me. Show it. Prove it to me. Then they got to show you, go do something, give you something. I, I love you still. You don't really love me. <laughs> but oh, when God says that I love you. And then he has shown it by what he's done. He's created us in his image. Gave us seven days a week. Gave us the privilege to come together corporately to worship him. Given us the privilege to be able to come before him individually in our own prayer life. Broke down and tore down that curtain that separated the holy of holies from the holy place. And, and said, now you have access to me. Told you that you could come to God anytime. You can come to me anytime and I will hear you. There's nothing I won't do. He welcomes us to come. He begs us to come. He opens the opportunity for us to come. And there are no limits. 
So why are we limiting ourselves when we have full access to the almighty king? That he will go deep and give you such an understanding. The reason that we can't get past certain things because we won't trust God for them. I went to the... Get my, I, I, well, let me just say this. On Friday, I had to get up very early. Earlier than usual. Because I needed to get the radio done. Had gone on Thursday night to the Bridge the Gap fundraiser. If my dad could see, well, he could see. But if he could see all the, that has happened with Bridge the Gap and how it has grown and, the, and all that they've done, he and Bob Hunter that started with Denny and me and Florence on the, on the first board, it has expanded beyond measure. His dream. So all these people there and the auction and everything. Last year they raised it. Last year at the auction, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Last year. And 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 as this thing has just grown beyond measure. It was a prayer that he had. Wanted to serve. And so I had gone there, and, 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 and they had people, you know, standing different things. But I had to leave. I had to get home and said, I get the radio done. So I got up early, came to the church, because I got to get to the other job and doing work. And when I was here and about to leave, drove out the park, and I, and I noticed that my car scraped. I said, oh, it's like I must have a flat. Got out of the car. Looked. Got a flat tire. Well, Lord, you must have something planned for me today. Go right back in the parking lot. Park right there. Send Jackson a text. I can't make it today because I got, I got a flat tire. And, and, and I didn't want to try to put the spare on because it was under all kinds of stuff. And you got that little small thing. I, I'll call the AAA later. Then I had to call another because I was, I was supposed to go to Belize and couldn't get there. Well, God even worked that out. Got everything done that I needed to do that day, and then went and got the tire fixed. Lily saw, she saw the tow truck coming and, and, and take my car to jail. No, take my car to the, to the tire shop. They weren't torn because of, it wasn't paid, no, it wasn't none, 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 none of that. They wasn't coming to repossess it. It's already been taken care of. But I saw that as an opportunity. Well, Lord, you are, you are orchestrating my day. I can't get to the places I need to. You must have something else planned for me. What is it, Lord? Didn't get upset. Didn't get bothered. Lord, what are you doing? That's how we got to look at our problems. Lord, what are you doing with this situation? What do you have planned for me? This didn't surprise you. You understood what was happening? God's a work it out. Then had to deal with a bunch of phone calls here. I'm still trying to get some things done. And that told me God had it all worked out. All the things that needed to happen, happened that day. Through the phone, through just various things. God worked it all out. Didn't get upset, didn't get angry. And some other things that I really needed to get done, the Lord allowed me to get a lot done that day. So, oh, well, Lord, maybe this was a time for me to rest and get this other work done. And on the other end, 
Well, Lord, you've got something else that you're going to do because of that. You're taking care of it. You see, when God begins to work out your situation, he's already dealing with the other thing that you don't even know about and can't see. He's working all the details out. You just focus on this one thing, but God is working everything else out. That's why when you come to God, his love is immeasurable. His grace, what he has planned for you, goes beyond your ability to even understand. That's why you shouldn't get all frustrated because when your plans don't work out, because God has a different plan for you. So, oh, Lord, if I'm in prayer, if I'm doing the will of God. So I spend time with the Lord. You should spend time with God. Try it. It's good. Spend time in prayer with God. So when you pray, what are you praying for? Give me 10 minutes and I'm done. We need to stop trying to measure God by our limitations. We measure God by our own limitations. Well, I don't see how this can be done. No, you can't see how it can be done. You're not God. He's limitless. Lord told Moses, go get the children of Israel out of Egypt. Lord, send somebody else. I am not a good speaker. Moses, who made the mouth? God, do I really have to go? Send my brother. I'm sending Aaron and you still going. Get to Egypt and the situation got even worse. Became worse. Lord, you told me to come. The people said, why did you come? You are making things worse, Moses. Moses went to the Lord. God, you told me to come. Now Pharaoh's making things so bad. It can't get worse. Now the Lord says, now you'll see what I can do. I've already told you I'm taking the people out and I'm using you to do it. Now you will see. God will take your situation and make it impossible for you to do anything about it. Then we'll say, stand back down and watch what I'll do for you. And that's right at the time when we quit and give up. Ain't going back. I don't see how it's working. And you miss your blessings because God waits for the impossible to show that He's limitless. So when you come to the end, you quit rather than saying, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to work this out? I don't see it, but I know you have no limits. Paul is praying that they would experience this immeasurable love of God. And if God says no to this, he's got something better for his children. Your trials are to make you. Your difficulties are to help you. Paul was in prison, bowing his knees and praying. Can you imagine the guard that must have been chained with him? Some of the prisons they were in, they had to have guards, you know, with him. He's on house arrest. He can do what he wants. But when he was in some of those dungeons, they had to have a guard there. Oh, poor guard. Hey, do you know the Lord? Let me tell you about the good that he had a captive audience. Couldn't get away. Got a guard right there, chained to him. Change of duty. Got another opportunity for another guard. Chain them up to me. I'm not praying to get out of this prison. I got an active ministry right here. 
And here Paul is. You wouldn't even know that he was in prison of how he's praying for people. Some of us stub our toe. Oh, Lord. I'm not talking about you, Sister Flores. Lord, didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. Can't go to church today. I, t- I got to go there. I told Sister Florence, just put your slippers on. <laughs> Come on to church. Put your slippers on. No, no. She couldn't walk. No, I wasn't talking about But we can, we can come up with excuses. Sometimes I got to tell some people, no, just, just, just stay home today. Pray, but you need to pray. See, some of us, we take vacations all the time. Lord, help me to be able to trust you. Let me get through this and I'm going to be done. Lord, help me. My time is already gone. I'm not even done right here. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Doxology, doxology means word of glory. Doxology, when we think of doxology, word of glory, it's it's a hymn of praise uh, um, ascribing glory and honor to God. It's often in the third person. It is giving honor and ascribing glory and honor to God. It is not a word that you will see in the Bible, but the formula and the passages are found in the Old Testament and in the New, oftentimes in the Psalms. Even Psalm, you think of 150. Many of his passages and many of the writings of Paul, you will find doxology, a praise to God. It comes from the Greek word doxa, to praise, glory and honor, and the word logos. A speaking, a word. So in putting these words together, it is a praising and description of glory to God. Doxologies normally contain two elements. One, it's an description of praise to God. And number two, and it is an expression of his infinite nature. One, again, a description of praise to God. And number two, it is an expression, an expression of his infinite power. It is noted in the doxology to whom glory and honor is to be given. To him, honor and glory goes to him. All power, dunamis, all power goes to him. It is ascribing glory and honor to him. The doxology. Giving praise to the Almighty God. Do you spend time praising God? Or do you only put up the petitions? Do you send up praises and honor to God just because he's good? Woke you up. We sang a song this morning. said, woke me up this morning with my mind. Some of y'all minds aren't always stayed on Jesus, but it needs to be in the morning to say something. Glory to God. I would encourage you to do this. Begin your day so that God can begin to give you his immeasurable goodness, his love, by saying, God, to you this day be the glory and the honor. 
I just described before my feet hit the ground or my legs or I fall out the bed, my whatever, however you might get out the bed. Lord, get all the glory in my life. You do the work. Your day will begin differently. It'll go differently. Tell on myself as I close. Sometimes I'm getting up and trying to get to a location and get interrupted and can't get to. Sometimes going to prayer, so I'm going to get to prayer after this appointment. I rarely do, but sometimes, and boy, the day just takes off with wings and goes. You've got to pause and stop and say, now, Lord, before I even start, this day, I honor you and give glory to your name. Now, you do what you want in my life this very day and watch what the Lord will do. You'll start a whole, your attitude will be different. Paul wraps up. And give this doxology a praise to God. He recognizes that God has all power. He has the ability to indwell you with his love. The fact that he's already given you the Holy Spirit as a deposit shows he loves you and is going to give you everything. The fact that his son has died on the cross, he's given his son and has allowed you now access. God will give you everything. That you need, not everything that you want, but what you need. Right where you are, bow your heads. How's your prayer life? Don't answer out loud. Do you spend any time with God in the you even acknowledge him. The more you don't spend time with God in the morning, the easier it becomes to not even say hello to him. The one who's going to lead you and guide you that day. I encourage you to say, Lord, do your work in the inner man of my life. My very core, my consciousness, the seat of my consciousness. So that I can be changed through and through. Lord, we pray in this place today that we will allow the power of the Almighty God to fill us and to use us and to strengthen us and to keep us and to lead us and to help us every single day to not only grow up but to grow deeper in you that we will allow the immeasurable power, the immeasurable love of God to help us to be able to fathom and to understand the deep things of God. May we take off the restraints. In my life, I need to remove the restraints that God may cause me fear at times for what you are doing to trust you fully. And so, God, we pray that we will allow you to help us, to give us the ability to move out of the way and say, God, you have full access. We praise you for who you are, and we thank you. We give all glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you get up, there's a young lady that just came in. I'm not sure if, is, your, is that you, Rachel? 
him. Okay. All right. There was a person that I was waiting um, who was with Monique, um, and she was going to come today, and she um, had mentioned to me, and I thought that might have been her. I hadn't met her before. L- let me do this as we leave here. Even though Liz is leaving on, this is her last Sunday, I just want to just personally say to Liz, even though you're going to still be around in the sense of the cloud, (laughs) that we appreciate your ministry, your help, uh, help with the food pantry, going to Hanford, Driving people to Hanford, being there, working at Redemption, Sebastopol, and just quietly doing things that nobody even knows about, just doing things. We want to thank you as a congregation and to let you know that we love you, and we will pray for you, and we will be in contact. So just note that. I'm not going to delete your number from my phone. (laughs) And that you still have to put up with us, even though you are away. So we just want you to know that for that time that God has had, that he has had you here in our presence. And that's all together we want to give God honor for your ministry and what you've done. Let's just thank God for what he's done and just who he is. And as we leave this place... I want you to be encouraged and yet challenged and say, Lord, I, I want to be able to step out and trust you more. Move out of the comfort zone. <laughs> Living in the comfort zone is very comfortable. <laughs> Move out of it. God bless you. We love you. Have a good one.